0: Neil, did you actually draw that Robin?
1: Yeah, I did. (laughs) I drew it in, like, a minute. It's pretty good. It's actually pretty good, Neil. I love in the last frames that the legs kick up. When it's animated, it looks really funny.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? If there's ever a character that deserves it, it's Robin.
2: Bone is ready. Oh,
0: God. Wait,
3: which Robin are we talking about? Teen
2: Titans Robin.
3: Yeah,
0: he he deserves it. He's the biggest jerk of them all. He's, uh, it's the whole Teen Titans episode is basically uh, us detailing about why he's the worst character of the show and Fez trying to excuse it by saying, oh, but he was the only established character, so thus he had to be like this. Yeah. His whole argument became, it, you know, it became entirely well. I liked it, thus it was good. I, I like X Men ninety
2: two, but I know it's not good. I like it because it's not good.
0: So you like it, sort of like a mystery science theater kind of thing, going, huh?
2: You know, I, as I said in the X Men episode, I like it purely on nostalgia and what I grew up on watching it. But it's like, you know, I realize there are problems with that series. I realize there are slight. Problems with the, there are not as many problems with Batman Beyond as there are with Teen Titans.
0: No, well, that's for damn sure.
2: <laughs> Batman Beyond is at least watchable.
0: <laughs> Batman Beyond has my friend dated a teenage robot. <laughs> Terry's friend dates a robot. That's
2: named yes. Lisa. Terry's friend dates a robot.
1: Oh, oh, I... I, I got a glimpse there of like the character from my life as a teenage robot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's actually really funny because because it's like well, we can still be friends, and then friends? And and was that Twitch, the wrong thing to say? Is <laughs> that the wrong thing to say? And then, and then McGinnis says, Batman says, is it ever the right thing to say?
1: So I saw the new uh, Carol Danvers. No, sir, I don't like it. Okay, let me take a look at it. I'm going to put the Wonder Woman curse on it right now. That won't even last a year.
0: But see, they, they, they that might last longer because it's actually an upgrade in her status, because she, she is now Captain Marvel. I know, but you see, they might be able to get away with it for longer now.
1: Mm, it is Marvel, though. Yeah,
0: unless people do read Marvel. I did see. I did see more stuff for for Ultimate Spider-Man, and I am still extremely hopeful. They did do one Titan-esque, really stupid, super oh. deformal mode bullshit, but other than that, everything else looks solid. So, um, I and hope. Didn't you... they
3: turn into a food item or something?
0: Toast. Oh toe. yes, you're
3: Toast Spider-Man. Oh
0: no, Toast. That was that was that was kind of bullshitty. If if they, if that was just a one-time thing, I'll be okay with it. If they start doing that all the fucking time, no, no chance. And that Powder
1: co- Toast Man.
0: And that <laughs> costume sucks. Why why do they get rid of her long flowing hair?
2: That reminds me of the um the stupid villain in Johnny Test that loves toast,
0: Darth what? Vegan. <laughs>
1: oh God.
2: From Johnny Test. <laughs>
0: Johnny Test is an abomination. Al.
2: Johnny Test is... A, it's okay.
0: It's trying to be Dexter's lab without mm-hmm. being Dexter's lab.
2: Not... Well, I can kind of see the similarities because, yes, Dexter was a genius and Johnny's sisters are geniuses, but... And it's you're right, it is almost like a, a reversal of the two series, but Johnny Test is way better animated than Dexter ever could be.
1: I'm calling this know, shit the, right The first there. season of Dexter was animated pretty well. Season yeah, right, three. It, was.
2: Was, it was, but I mean, there there were some times where it was just.
1: The later seasons of Dexter were kind of.
3: Yeah.
1: Really poorly paced.
3: Yes. The show that replaced Dexter's Laboratory, in my mind, has to be Phineas and Ferb.
2: Well,
0: obviously.
3: Oh, I mean, hell no. no. What, what the hell's
2: good? wrong with you?
3: That
0: shows actually. Oh,
3: bring it.
2: What the fuck is wrong with you? Phineas and Ferb replaced Dexter's Lab series. It doesn't
0: replace it, but it's
1: a good show.
3: Yeah, if it's a show that if you want a show with children inventing stuff, Phineas and Ferb replaces Dexter's Laboratory.
1: Nobody's nope, brought up Jimmy Neutron yet.
3: Oh god,
2: you had to go there, didn't you?
0: You know what? I don't really mind Jimmy Neutron that much, but it's really not that great. But on the inverse, whenever they do a Jimmy Timmy crossover, the Jimmy part always fucking carries the Timmy part. <laughs> because Butch Hartman is a hack.
1: See, I didn't mind uh Fairly Odd Parents so much. I I my my acceptance of Butch Hartman fell apart with the follow up show which was uh Danny Phantom.
0: Danny Phantom is just a school based revenge fantasy that went too freaking far.
1: And I could even see some revenge fantasy in Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, uh, because
0: because he can't get over the fact that he got us a swirly in high school.
3: <laughs> I, I have to say though, as an, as a parent, when it comes to watching shows with my kids, Fairly Odd Parents really high up there in the animated world. <laughs> what? No, really. I okay, would rather watch that than the My do- my daughter is only eighteen months old, so shows that I can put on in front of her that are kind of not too crazy that she'll be interested in.
0: I would actually recommend like nothing but Elmo over fairly odd oh my god that's that's going too far
2: (laughs) (laughs) the webcast beacon network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007 starting with the webcomic beacon a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast. Recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Trocast, The ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before Webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or a master iTunes feed
0: and not miss a thing. Hello, okay, well, let me try again. <laughs>
3: uh, Fired. God, you failed.
0: Hello, and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, uh, tonight we are talking about Batman Beyond, or Tomorrow Night. Uh, I'm your host, Ben, joined by my co-host, TV's Mr. Neal.
1: You Autobots are a bunch of
0: fools. Don't even think about winning this battle. And we have with us TFC1 Mike. Hello. And uh, joining us again, Richard.
3: Why did I come back? All right,
0: <laughs> uh, well, of the torture. So, like I mentioned, we're talking about Batman Beyond, uh, what was originally going to be titled Tomorrow Night,
2: and then it was turned into Batman in the Future and whatever else. Actually, yeah. that's I what's like it's called Tomorrow Night.
0: Actually, it is called Batman of the Future in Latin markets.
2: Also, in the UK itself, yes. Uh... The funny thing about Tomorrow Night was, and I noticed this from, I think it was one of the commentaries on the DVDs, they said, we can't really say, today on Tomorrow Night, because it would confuse the hell out of everybody.
0: <laughs> but what's interesting is, th- this is basically a possible future of the DCAU universe. This Correct. is This is one where... Bruce Wayne has stopped being Batman after being in his middle ages until elderly until he's elderly and a young uh, high schooler named T- Terry McGinnis takes up the mantle to avenge his father
3: yes we say steals the mantle
2: yeah essentially yes
0: <laughs> and uh, you know he is uh, the whole idea of this story is is Terry is basically not quite as smart as bruce he's not he hasn't gone through this world series of training he just basically to make up for it he has a super suit to make up for the lack of training he has and it's a oh, suit so
3: bring me five teenagers with attitude oh
0: god not oh, really man. no but basically it's it's a suit that that uh, enhances his strength and durability and has rocket boots and and uh and flap out wings and built in weaponry. It's it. basically, I remember w- one of the first comments they made, the producers made, was the whole suit is basically a giant utility belt.
2: Essentially, yes. Yeah. But I do want to point out that Terry, on his own, he is on the wrestling team. He does know how to fight a little bit, and he has something that Bruce really never did have, which is street smarts. Uh, You know, Bruce is very intelligent. He, you know, can see every angle before anyone else. I I give Bruce Wayne that. But, you know, Bruce isn't hip to what's going on right now.
0: (laughs) And other things this show invented was uh, new uh, slang like shway. That's so shway. It's (laughs) (laughs) Schwarbage.
2: Oh, God, I've got to remind me to send that to you, Neil, because I I have the... uh... Superstitious, cowardly lot.
0: Oh, the from the musical. Yes. Oh my oh. God.
3: I was hoping that Bruce Wayne would have a senior moment during that episode and start yelling at everyone about how difficult it was being Batman. <laughs> you don't know.
0: Oh uh, God, no. But you, you have a, you have a, well. Yeah, Will Friedel as as Terry McGinnis, Kevin Conroy doing a very good job of being old Bruce.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the strengths I think of this uh, of this show is a lot of the cast is basically just uh, you know basically entirely new characters. There is a there is a definite lack of of new versions of the old Batman villains, which I think is actually a strength because there isn't, like, another Two-Face or another Joker. There is the the gang, the Jokers, which I think would work really well. Yeah. And, um, you know, this futuristic Gotham, which is almost slum-like in some places, but at the same time very... Uh, Opulent. Yes. And with the giant buildings and the giant Asian characters, it, it's very... It's, it, it's
3: very uh, Blade
2: Runner?
0: Very Blade Runner meets other things, but Very Blade Runner, definitely, yes.
2: About the villains, really quickly, it, they specifically stated on the DVDs that they wanted to create new villains. Yes, Ink is kind of like Clayface. She's Clayface like, but she's not a Clayface beyond. They didn't want to have to go back to, you know, updating the old villains to have Terry fight them, because that's essentially Bruce's Rogues Gallery. So, and
0: One thing interesting about ink to me is is ink's design really plays well with the art style of this series. Oh yes, where where there's lots of heavy blacks and all that, and basically, you know, in a in a more complex art style, her design really wouldn't work quite that much without a complete reimagining. I think. Oh. So it worked really well. It worked really well, and uh, you know there was there were lots of great characters in this. Uh, (laughs) Of course, uh. Ace the Bad hound voiced by Frank Welker.
2: Now, I do have a note about this as well. I did not know it was Frank Welker, because in the commentary for Return of the Joker, Bruce Timm says that they got one of their producer to play with his dog to get the excited barks and stuff from from an actual dog. I know Frank does...
0: Every animal every voice Every animal
2: ever. known to man in the entire universe, but... I believe there was one instance, not during the series, but during Return of the Joker, where they actually got a dog to do the excited barks. It might be Frank the rest of the time doing the sound effects, but...
0: But, you know, lots of these villains are definitely really good villains. Uh, I, I especially like Shriek. Shriek was a very interesting villain, where his whole thing is just sound powers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's, it's definitely a new spin on existing characters, and uh, let's see...
2: You got Shriek. You got um, Spellbinder. You got Mad Stan, voiced by Christopher McDonald. Hello, Shooter McGavin.
0: Yeah, yes, yeah. Mad Stan. He's voiced. He, he's named Mad Stan in honor of Stan Berkowitz, the uh, yes. writer.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you got Paul Winfield as D.A. Sam Young, who is Barbara Gordon's husband. Yes,
0: f- D.A. Sam Young. Yes.
2: Now. A note here and I'm going to have to send this to a a, a buddy of mine who's an administrator of uh behindthevoiceactors.com. There were two voices for Barbara Gordon in the series. Stockard Channing voiced her and in The Return of the Joker, Angie Harmon voiced her because Stockard has scheduling conflict or something like that. So there were two different voices for Barbara Gordon in the series and in the movie.
0: I believe it I believe it it's uh you, you also have lots of uh other great characters that you have—you uh, have the first time in animation the Royal Flush Gang. With mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time you have it, and what I love is—is uh, is King was voiced by George Lazenby, and he actually says all the time in the world,
2: "Good old James Bond, one time."
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, that book is a great book. It's just that that movie was not quite that good. But uh, George Lazenby also said at the beginning of that film. When a girl runs away from this, never happened to the other fella. <laughs> and the the Royal Flush Gang, what I loved was just some of the humor. There, there's a lot more humor inserted and in beyond than there was in the earlier or later series. Even like uh, when the Terry is stopping the Royal Flush Gang from robbing a yacht, and he's like, "This has nothing to do with uh with car decks." And uh, <laughs> and, uh and Bruce says over the uh, radio. It's part of the Yacht Club. And Terry says, ouch.
2: <laughs> yeah. This series was so much more comical. It, it still kept the dark tones that BTAS had, but it wasn't super serious because, again,
0: Terry is a completely different Batman than Bruce is. I think part of why they used a lot of humor, a lot of obvious humor in this is because of the actual darkness that had to happen to get to this point in in any sort of batman continuity you had to have a batman that gave up you had to have barbara gordon that quit you had to have all these other horrible horrible things happen and it would always be sort of like floating there in your mind Mm -hmm. and the best way to cut out that is just to have something you know even something as horrible as what happened to talia and then lady you're seriously creeping me out (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> you know, just
0: cuts right through that.
3: One of the things I think that a lot of people kind of glance over in the show, and I think it was a very good, uh, not a piece of foreshadowing, but a piece of history, is Wayne Power uh, with, what's his name again? Derek, Derek Power? Powers. Derek Powers. Yeah, Derek yeah. Powers. Uh, because in the very first episode, uh, in Rebirth, when Bruce is running around as Batman, they had the little news thing going on where blah, blah, blah has been kidnapped. And Wayne, Wayne Corporation. It's actually, it was actually
0: Vreeland's daughter that was kidnapped. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, once again, Wayne power, like Wayne fights off uh, corporate takeover from uh, Powers or something like that, and it just shows that after he's defeated as Batman, corporately he's defeated as well. Like his, yeah. he just kind of gives up everything.
2: Well, he gives up everything because essentially he's in failing health. I mean, this is yeah. rebirth is one of the only one of there is one other time. Although I guess we really couldn't count it because his body was possessed, but this is one of two times that I know of that Batman pulls a gun on somebody in the DCAU. And in Rebirth, he does that because he is so desperate to stop these criminals and also keep himself alive.
0: And another thing to keep in mind is it's one of the two only times you see in beyond Batman in the Batsuit. The other time being not quite the suit, but... Well, oh, I love okay. it's a little continuity nod, uh, vanishing ink, I believe the episode was called. Mm-hmm. It, it it wasn't the batsuit proper. It was actually a continuity nod to comic fans. It was actually based off of the Kingdom Come Batsuit.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and they even played the original Batman theme when he w- wore it. <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of times that you hear the BTAS score. I mean, not not so all I mean, it's not like every episode, but when Bruce, you know, finally gets his ass out of the cave and decides he needs to do something they will they have always thrown in that BTAS theme score when he's trying to be a hero when Terry can't. So, you know, that's something I've always loved about the producers of this entire universe that they've created in these cartoons is they constantly throw nods back to stuff
0: and uh, let's let's talk about uh, Terry's spunky sidekick, uh, voiced by who again, Neil? Uh, uh, I don't have it pulled up. Oh. Wait, which monkey sidekick, pin? the Spunky sidekick, it's Max. Oh, Kreese Summer, oh, the Chris Summer. Max.
2: Chris Summer uh, Max Gibson, yes. Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay, <laughs> now, a lot of people hate Max. I don't hate Max that much, I just don't like Cree Summer's voice. She was okay.
1: okay.
0: Yeah, she actually wasn't. Super sassy, so she was okay. There's but, no
2: tongue two three, so you're okay, Ben.
0: <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about the some of the other characters that they invented for the series. Curare was a great villain,
2: and again, it brings forth the League of Assassins, yes, the it, League of it, Shadows. So you know, actually,
0: actually, it was the League of Assassins in this series. Okay, it was it, they because they they weren't sure yeah, how was. they were going to have the League of Sh- Shadows, so they basically. In the comics, it was always the League of Assassins, but here they made the League of Assassins and the League of Shadows two completely different entities. But, you know, that's another story. Another villain I really liked was Stalker.
2: Oh, yeah, voiced by... Um, Carl Lumley. Carl Lumley, John
0: Jones, yep. What-, what I liked was just his his uh, paint on his body really doesn't look like camo, and then you see that one shot of a painting from one of those walls, it's like, oh and then and then his backstory where where he uh where he got mauled by a tiger and they had to give him a prosthetic spine and increase his strength to where he ripped the tiger in half
3: after I get mauled by a tiger, what I like to do is go rip the tigers in half
0: it was it was a really it was actually uh you know he actually showed up twice the second time he actually was working with Batman
3: that's true <laughs> um but he kind of falls into that uh category of i mean they added that kind of character. A lot of those kind of characters in Batman the Animated Series where it was something has happened to them and now they are enhanced.
0: And uh, another, you know you know, blight, Derek Powers, he was uh, his whole thing was basically he got he got infected with a very strong mutagenic nerve gas and the only known the only known cure is intense radiation therapy and but because it was a mutagenic nerve gas, he became blight. Yeah.
2: Um Blight is a great villain. He's a great, you know, villain in the sense of, "Hey, Superman, come stop this toxic Lex Luthor." And that's essentially what he was to me for this series. Was essentially he's a toxic Lex Luthor type. Um, well, what I
0: did like was what I did like was the two episodes, two Blight episodes. I actually liked the rest of it. He was really underused, but the two Blight episodes I liked was actually the one where he, uh, the one where they resurrected Mr. Freeze. Yes. You know, and you had Mr. Freeze and Blight fighting each other. Yes. And then the other episode I liked was the one where Blight, uh, where, where Blight's son came in, and, uh, and I just like the part where Terry just says to him, you killed my father. And then, and then Blight says, do you have That's an so- idea how little that helps?
2: Yeah. That that was I believe that was Ascension. That was the last story with uh with,
0: with Blight. I and think. he was he escapes but and then and then Paxton is now in charge and and, and right. all Terry says is is oh you have to be careful because Blight's gonna be coming after you next and then all of a sudden he never you did anything with that.
2: I never knew this until now. But Mr. Fix Oh my! He was yeah. George Takei. I, I was did like, that when I, I never... first
3: saw the episode. I I didn't I didn't that realize to... that till today when I was looking at Batman Beyond stuff. I was like, all right, well I'll look up what you know. I'll yeah. Watch Rebirth again. And I'm like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's so awesome though, uh, because you know that ro- m- the Mister Fix voice and the Mister Fix role is essentially a henchman to Powers, and he's essentially Powers's um. You know bodyguard and doer and whatever else that he'll do anything he needs him to get done so
0: there's other episodes that uh, they did a very funny uh but at this at the end became a very somber uh uh fantastic four homage episode with a terrific trio
2: yeah magma freon and 2d man 2d man
0: (laughs) and uh you know they had other great episodes, uh, but one episode I really did not like was the Payback episode because it was very obvious what was going on, and Payback was, himself it, was not really that great of a villain. I mean he looked like a he looked like a lousy Phantasm knockoff. He was. <laughs> no, no,
2: that suit was a Phantasm knockoff. It was. Um... Uh,
3: an episode I liked was uh, the episode. I forget the name of the episode, but the uh, the millionaire has his. Consciousness transferred into the computer, so he can help run the company. and They oh, essentially just that was, uh, turn him off, and they're like, "Fuck him." God, but uh, his grandson brings it back. He takes over the Bat Suit. And I thought that was. Oh,
0: I love the fight of Terry versus the Bat Suit because I like the part where he takes the where he takes a piece of rebar and makes a magnet.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, I you know, don't
2: know the name of the episode, but that was uh, the character's name was Robert Vance,
0: who actually was in Justice League Unlimited. Uh, Stacy Keach, yeah. No, the character of Robert Vance was in necessarily League Elementary.
2: Oh yeah, that's right.
0: But uh, another another thing I I remember is some of the wacky episodes get really wacky. Like uh, there's this one where for home ec class, Terry has to care- take care of a very stupid looking smiling egg.
2: Oh the the egg baby episode, but that was such a great episode though. Oh, God. Show- okay, a little, a little, hold on. I, I think it was hold, a funny episode, hold but hold on, it was such a great episode because. Of the fact that it can it shows the lighter side of this series. It really does. I would rather watch the egg baby episode than Mother May I any day.
0: Well that's oh, obvious. Man. That's obvious. But uh yeah. another episode that was really dark was the Earth Mover episode.
2: Oh yes, that was creepy.
0: That was super duper creepy. That was uh and uh the uh the episode with splicers, that was an interesting episode too. I, I... I just, uh, you know, what my favorite episode is? Favorite uh, dark ending episode of Batman Beyond. I forgot the name of it, but basically, it's about uh, this gang of p- these g- this gang of teenagers that has uh, cybernetic enhancements on their bodies. Oh, April Moon! April Moon! That ending was wow.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> ending was nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode. I really can't talk about it because if you've never seen it, you got to go see it. Yeah, and
3: um, Vanishing been... Ink does also have a very disturbing episode as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little well, guy in the was... box.
1: Yeah. Oh, blah blah blah. Who was the character what... that became intangible? Oh,
0: that oh, was the... that was a uh, Ian Peak. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it was... yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes. When the end of the episode is just him falling through the floor, and uh, he basically falls into the earth, and that was yeah. that's like the end of him. It was really dark. Yeah,
0: they they are fell some... straight through to China. Well, actually, you right? didn't so, go to China. I know. <laughs> and uh, lots of great episodes. Uh, it's uh, the, This is the first time that the name Justice League Unlimited shows up because that was the name of the Justice League back then, the JLU.
2: Yeah, it shows up in The Call Part 1 and Part 2. Yes. Uh, now, the funny thing about this two-parter is, again, on the DVDs, there is a feature where they're talking about... It's not the... It's not a commentary, but it's a special feature on the discs where they talk about, like, behind the scenes of certain episodes. And a funny thing was, Bruce Timm could not remember if Superman was already in the black suit or if he was still wearing the red and and blue suit when he went bad. And Will Friedel is like, I bet you he's wearing the black suit. And they show a clip, and at the end of it goes, Will Friedel 1, Bruce Timm 0. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, you know, Bruce Tim worked on so much stuff, I can... Oh, well,
2: right. I mean, I, you know, you're not going to remember everything, but the call... And isn't was...
3: this uh, Will Fidel's, like, first actual voice role?
0: No, he's done other work.
3: No, he's... yeah. No, he's... but I think it's his first big, like, show that he did, though. Uh, first big
0: one, but he's done tons of others before then.
2: Yeah, this might have been his breakout voice role as far as, like, ongoing series for voice acting... But obviously, I mean, he's Eric from Boy Meets World. If you want to count his actual acting career, so he is—he is. He is well, I mean, he probably stopped. remembers
3: a lot of the episodes because it was probably yeah. very cool for him to be in it. So, but you know, the call was
2: such a great two-parter. It was.
3: I did love Superman's too. I thought that was pretty badass.
2: Yeah, that. What I love about that episode is the vertical flying. But as the vertical flying is happening. They twisted the the musicians. I I think I know I know Chris Carter did most of the series, but I think Mike McQuiston also worked on the music on this series yes. as well. They twisted the Superman animated series theme to make it sound darker. They added something to it where he's doing that vert flying, and it sounds so damn dark. And I absolutely loved that.
0: Let's talk about some other villains invented just for this series, like uh, Willie Watt.
2: God, yes. Willie, the Willie Watt episodes are essentially, uh, you know, hey kids, don't bully people episodes.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I did like I did like uh, the the second one where where you know y- there are lots of um, you know hints from one of Neil's favorite anime movies out there in this whole series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. bikes, bikes, and clown gangs. Neil, you know. <laughs> But they were totally going Akira in that second uh, Willy Watt episode. Oh,
1: god damn it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were totally. I mean, lots of those scenes were just... And, uh, well, you know, like I said, lots of dark things happened to everybody in, in the Batman universe to make this series. I mean, Bane, remember how twisted and broken Bane looked?
2: Well, I mean, at that point, Bane was like a hundred and something years old. I mean...
0: I know, but he was like on life support and was like a frail man hooked up to all these machines and could, couldn't could even exactly. move. And,
2: exactly, and his manservant basically stole his formula and he was the one...
0: Making per- slappers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Best name uh, for a drug ever.
2: Sla- the, the slapper.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Vance with slapper. Guess what? You're going to get fucking huge.
0: And then there was... Uh, you know, there was also the two the two appearance villain, uh, big time.
2: Big time, yep.
0: Based, on, you know, who was uh, Terry's uh, oldest friend who uh, didn't quite go right. And another episode I really thought was interesting was the one with the snake cult, the one where Terry's training with Curse uh, of the Cobra, yeah, yeah. Interesting, <laughs> but ultimately not that great, except for some of the some of the sensei moments that that were kind of cool. But other than that, the whole the episode was not that great.
2: Yeah, Curse of the Cobra essentially was a finale to the um, like Night of the Ninja from BTAS and all that, because it was still using that same teacher that Bruce had in, in BTAS.
0: Well, her daughter. Well, his daughter, basically, yes.
2: Right. Interesting to note about uh, Big Time, he's voiced by Stephen Baldwin.
0: Yes, he is. <laughs> and another, another villain, you know, Armory, was kind of an okay, cool villain, but... Ultimately, you know, a lot of... This is around the point where them keep on tying the villains into stories that have to do with Terry's high school life just start getting really forced.
2: Well, see, here's the thing. The three seasons have... Like, season one is essentially Terry Bat going up against corporate espionage and everything else. Season two, they wanted to... There's only so many corporate espionage stories you can do. Season two, they wanted to... Because the show is about Terry, they wanted to take it into the high school to see what kind of stuff they could get away with. Season three, I think, is a amalgamation of both season one and season two plot lines. Of you know, there, there's corporate here, there's Rachel and Talia's body there, and whatever else.
3: <laughs> if I got a job being Bruce Wayne's assistant, like his personal assistant, I would drop the fuck out of high school. <laughs> That's a good paying job right there.
2: And, it uh, is but bruce also made sure that terry was doing his due diligence as you know someone who needs to go to school again you
3: couldn't hire him a tutor like
0: well other things i liked in the show is uh, is you know as the seasons go on bruce stops giving terry you know you know backseat quarterbacking like right. the one with, where the joker steal that uh, military uh, sh- military uh,
2: Weapon. Yeah. Weapon.
0: It's, uh, you know, Terry says it's pretty fast. I think it's military. I should. And, and, uh, t- and Bruce is just looking through a microscope, not even helping him, saying, well, then he should stop it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because over time, you you can't have Bruce second guessing Terry or giving him advice every single episode of Three or, Seasons. Or, or else
0: it'll, it'll feel like, you know, he's always doubting him. I think that exactly. was Bruce's showing he's trusting him more.
2: Exactly. It was. Um, as far as the high school stuff goes, we should talk about uh Nelson Nash voiced by Seth Green. I had no idea that was Seth Green.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh lots of lots of great characters in in the high school stuff, but really most of them, you know, you know, Terry's girlfriend Dana Tan and uh mm-hmm. and uh, you know there was also the girl with the white hair, uh, Blade I believe was her name.
2: Yeah, Blade and there was uh Chelsea Cunningham um uh, oh, who was the one that the one, oh, that went up against Max for the high scores? Oh, God. He was a joker. Um, Terminals. Yeah, Terminal. Yeah, there you go.
0: He uh, had a pretty creeper, creepy Joker's... Uh, design. Yeah.
2: Yeah, very creepy.
0: Yeah, he was actually voiced by Michael Rosenbaum.
2: Yes, he was. Which is so weird.
0: <laughs> and... Lots, lots of great characters there, and yeah, Like I said, what I remember is there was, there was the episode with the with the splicers where Terry does become the Man Bat.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. What One an the... easily repairable bat suit that is, by the way. Because <laughs> that thing gets trashed like every other episode, and Bruce just the like first time, to back together.
0: The first time that uh, the first time that I remember really getting wrecked was the first Spellbinder episode where Terry does the dive into traffic. Yeah. I mean that, that suit got torn up. Speaking of Spellbinder,
2: um the episode where he implanted something on Bruce and he kept trying to make Bruce think that he was, was crazy. That, that was that was uh, Shriek.
3: That was Shriek.
2: Yeah. Oh, that was Shriek. Yeah, yeah okay, Shriek, sorry. Um I, but that that that
3: episode specifically 'cause he said I think that was Shriek's first episode, wasn't it? Yes, uh, it was. I hired him drive Bruce insane or something.
0: The second it episode was, is after Street goes deaf and Street wants revenge on Batman. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: Um, Wasn't that, that the episode where Batman, or he was trying to make Batman think that, that his thoughts were, he like, like he was going crazy? Yes. yes. But yes. Tipped, what tipped him off was that uh, he kept calling himself Bruce and he, he says to Terry, that's not what I call myself. <laughs>
2: And then you know, and and then and then Terry just kind of cocks his because Terry's still in the bastard, Terry just kind of cocks his head and he's like,
3: "What do well, you call yourself?"
2: Well, hold, hold on, shut up! You ruined it, damn it! He goes, well, "What do you call yourself?" And Bruce just kind of smiles and he's like, "Oh yeah, but that's my name now." <laughs> <laughs> Tell that
0: to my subconscious.
2: Yeah, exactly. But
0: um, uh, but yeah, this this whole series just has a wealth of episodes that, like I said, it. This this is really a tough job because of, because not just you know mining a mythos this is creating a brand new mythos because like like we said none of these characters none of these villains are are really oh an updated version of an existing Batman villain
2: exactly it's time for intermission boys and girls movie Week in review is the geek cast radio network's weekly movie podcast steve and mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts they also bring in co-hosts at times if you are a movie buff listen to mwire only on geekcastradio.com hey i'm gary i'm greg i'm chuck and i'm Justin. join the four of us
0: every week on the internet's uh, number one gi joe podcast what's on joe mine that's right it's joe news reviews and special guests like you've Never heard him before. Delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk, and we make fun of Chuck.
1: Right, please, we hey.
0: We're just
2: kidding, Chuck. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself.
1: Right, please, hey.
0: It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the Geekcast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, your Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today.
2: Can I say something about Transformers? No. ToonCast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts tfg and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to ToonCast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find ToonCast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. The one thing I want to bring up with Terry specifically is the fact that he essentially doesn't give a shit that he has a relationship with Dana. Uh, you know, because as soon as they get in a fight, you know, Ten comes onto to him and all of a sudden they have this unspoken bond and they're meant to be together and everything else. Um, and that was always kind of really like, really, dude, you're going to do that? I would say my most hated episode out of the series is rats <laughs> that episode was just so bad
0: well it was was it like almost as bad as critters it was worse worse <laughs> than critters yes that's not well, possible
2: um we also need to talk about terry's family it, his essentially... younger
0: brother mac and his yeah. uh yeah and, and his, his mom his mom terry Mary gar. what yeah, played by There's terry gar. gar Yeah. Uh, one of my po- one of my favorite moments is the one with 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 the villain that can become intangible, and uh and Pink, yeah, and uh, Terry confesses, and they just laugh at him.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah,
0: the so yeah with with ten, I think ten really was just just their attempt to really create a, a Selena Kyle, which is why it's a weakness because they they have to say, oh well, she's a villainess and. Uh, it really doesn't work because because
2: she really wasn't bad. I mean, she she wasn't really bad. She went along with what her family did because that's you know if you have a certain heritage or a certain thing that you're known for in your family or a certain thing that your family is famous for, you have to go along with that or else it's rebellious. You know, are we
0: gonna are we gonna, are we gonna bring up the uh, the uh, travelers now?
2: The travelers.
0: Well, uh, I, I guess you don't. Uh, Okay, if you don't know about it, then never mind.
3: Okay. <laughs> um, Defeated by arrogance.
0: <laughs> but uh, one thing I'm looking at, uh, the from the episode Terry's Friend Dates a Robot, the character Howard Groot. Yes. He's voiced by Max Brooks, who is the son of oh, well. Mel Brooks, yes. And yeah. writer of World War Z and the Zombie Survival Handbook. And Terry's Friend Dates a Robot is one of the best funny episodes of this whole series.
2: Oh, yeah, it is.
0: Because the episode starts with this badass scene of, of of Terry fighting against Batman's old villains. But it turns out they're all just animatronic robots. Yeah. So Terry has to go pick up a new one. So he goes he goes to the robot building place. And then uh, Terry's friend Howard's like, oh, gee, I'm going to wander off. And then he comes across this guy making sex bots. And he's like, oh, I'll take one.
1: <laughs> was it Superboy? <laughs>
0: oh, oh! No, but I think <laughs> it was Superman shot. that was building them. I
2: really need it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but yeah it, it what i love is just when when howard's family comes out comes out after the house blew up and he's like you charged how much on our card and, and what'd you buy with it explosives to blow up the house <laughs> and then but but howard doesn't care he's not the most popular kid in school because he had a wild party he had a girl robot girlfriend and he blew up his own house he's now the most popular kid in school
2: what I love about that episode is when, when he does say to Cynthia the robot, he's like, we can still be friends, right? And the I twitch. I love the fact, the, the, the twitch, because the twitch was just such an awesome little thing that that did. That, 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 it was a nice little animation trick that that did, and it was just so awesome.
0: Oh, God. Speaking of animation, this is the only uh, DC Animated Universe series that's animated by only one animation studio. Yeah, it's all Don I was Yang. Saying,
3: it's look, never changes.
0: It's all Don Yang, actually. Actually, if I believe, if I'm correct, Bruce Tim actually said that this is his favorite series to watch again because it's entirely consistent all the way through.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe he also said that this is, and they might have done this in Superman. I'm not sure. Uh, like later in Superman, like when it was coming to a close, but I think this was the series that they fully switched over to a digital palette versus. It was Absolutely. this series, because yeah, in Superman, they were
0: still using a, a traditional co- color palette.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: I don't I, Honestly, think... I think that you could put the show today, I don't yeah. know if there's any dates in or anything, but I think you could put the show today, and it would still just be just as good as everything else out there.
0: Oh It yeah. would be better than everything else out there, because everything else out there is using cheaper... <laughs> Super animation and just trying to cut corners and all that. It's well, actually, the Bruce Timm
3: show. It's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> but really, you know, this really is one of those points where they really did work hard and to make new villains. And a lot of the new villains are really kind of cool and kind of funny. I mean, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember another villain that was really funny, but because there's just so many of them, and you know, Mad Stan always takes the cake.
2: Well, yeah. Because Mad Stan, he just wants to blow everything up—everything to do with the corporate life, everything to do with you know.
0: No he, more jury duty.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I get. I, I I know when we did um, when we did the DCAU films, we did talk about Return of the Joker, but we should talk about it here as well.
3: Um, before, before we do that, can I just mention like two my two biggest complaints about this show? Sure. My first one has to be Bruce Wayne giving up what. It just didn't. It never sat well with me. Even as a kid, I'm like Bruce Wayne wouldn't fucking give up. I don't care if he points a gun at someone, or his heart's going on him. He would have someone replace him. It wouldn't be, well, time to go sit in the cave and whack off. It would be okay. okay,
2: But okay, but you got to realize though, before Terry came along, he had no one. At that point, Barbara wasn't talking to him. Uh, You know,
0: Dick wasn't talking to him. went
2: somewhere else. You know, um, um, Tim Drake. You know, everybody left him. Alfred
3: was obviously
2: dead. is dead by now. You know, I mean, everyone had essentially left him because of the way that Bruce Wayne is. Because of you know, if you don't have the hug for the mission, don't worry about it. I'll take care of the shit.
0: And one of the things to remember is there was an actually an episode where uh, where 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 uh, where Bruce says, "I know something about lost kids," and and Derek says, "That's right. You collect them, don't you?" yeah it's exactly. well, the thing is, like I said, I look at this as a possible future, not a definite future,
3: right yeah. and would well, I just think that Bruce Wayne, you know his mentality he'd never give up, he'd never sit in the cave and just let it happen he'd, he you could never let Gotham get that bad, you know
0: well, that's one of the things That's like I said, it requires a bad thing to happen for this universe to happen that's that that's a given
3: in that's my like, that's one of my that's my one big my only second complaint is uh Terry never seems to have any uh disposable income which is just kind of weird to me because he seems to you know he works with Bruce Wayne He'd have well, a shitload
0: of money. Which which episode was out there that required them to have a disposable income? I think the no, fact none. That,
3: but I I always kind of imagined that he'd have. So so why you life
0: complaining life. that they didn't have an episode where he, he could just throw down a whole just, bunch of money or something?
3: He makes more money than his parent. is well, not his parents. His dad's dead, but he makes more money than his mom. Like he must. So why right. doesn't right. well, it, it, well, it? probably well, goes, well, goes yeah, all yeah. to yeah. help the household. Downtown Gotham, which is a shitty place to live.
0: It has to, probably goes to help the household mostly because you know that's the kind of guy Terry is. You know, the whole idea that he doesn't have like a, like cars and 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 uh, and parties and all that. it's you know he's trying to be low key. If everyone knows, oh he. he that's the thing not everybody knows or cares that he is that he is Bruce Wayne's assistant because then if they did, everyone would be hitting up on money and all that and that's one you know like i said it's just it's just not there, so it's not there
2: and they wanted to keep up the fact of you know Terry does have a family, you know his mom was struggling after his dad died and everything else and i I'm sure you know as as Ben just said, a lot of the money did you know he probably snuck it to his mom to help out with the household, but you can't change an entire series look and feel and tone just because the guy went to work for Bruce Wayne. And I mean, you're not going to have him turn into a total
3: rich dick. Yeah. No, I, I didn't think that, but I just think that, you know, if your mom and your little brother live in Gotham, you're going to at least move them to a better place in Gotham than an apartment. You know? oh.
2: And I mean, it, the Maybe only next time door to really Wayne Manor,
3: you know, somewhere remote, right.
2: Well, the only time it's really stated is in Return of the Joker when he quits. And he tells Dana, he says, the good thing is I'll have a lot more time for you. I just won't have a whole lot of money coming in. That's really the only time I've ever noticed them even bring up the fact that Bruce Wayne pays him.
3: Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I just I always thought that was kind of like a weird kind of they never talked about it, They never addressed it.
0: Well, like like I said, you know, if – it's it really like not go hang
3: it, out with this old creepy man. Who, there isn't you know. really
0: any episode where that could really come up as a subject. So so you wanted them to, like, insert a clumsy line of dialogue just so they could, uh, you know...
3: Yes. Yes, I did, Ben.
0: <laughs> well, then screw you. <laughs> uh,
3: well,
2: Return of the Joker is easily one of, if not the best uh dc direct in 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 the dcau the direct to video dvd movie releases um the animation on it is solid uh the music is great as always um the story i mean you know this is exactly why you couldn't have the series villains come back every week as you know 2 Face beyond and whatever else is because they pull this out of their hat with bringing the joker back it was just amazing
0: and you know what, it's a very dark movie, and like I said, this shows exactly what had to happen to get to this universe, to this p- possible potential future.
2: Exactly. And,
0: and you know, it is a very dark place to go, and it's not a movie I, I would ever re-watch for, for, uh, for enjoyment because of how dark it gets. But, uh, you don't watch this for
2: enjoyment? What's wrong with you?
0: It's an, inc- it's an incredibly dark movie for me,
2: but it's a great movie. It though. is a
0: well put together movie. I I did admit that, but like I said, it's just not one I would watch for enjoyment. I like to watch movies that I that I would enjoy more. But there are other point, there are other things to look at with the Batman Beyond future. It's uh, for instance, uh, let's see here. Neil, you got any other points? Um, not at the moment. Okay, um, let's just go ahead and talk about uh, Epilogue.
3: Wait, wait, I have a point. It okay. didn't ask me shit. Uh, <laughs> I think, I totally think that this movie was made for the big screen, and somewhere along the line they had to say it was directed direct-to-DVD directed or VHS, because the thing that always convinced me that it was made for the big screen was the scene in the very beginning, it's the fight scene, where Terry jumps down the big, like, I don't know, delivery shaft in the building, yeah. and mm-hmm. does the big spin and goes out to the reveal of Gotham. It looked like someone spent a lot of time thinking about how, how that was going to work and how that was going to look. And I was just like, man, they must have made that for the big screen and got fucked.
0: Well, actually, the biggest thing is they probably knew early on in production that it was never going to see the big screen because Mask of the Phantasm had disappointing returns. Uh, Sub-Zero was direct-to-direct-to-video. De- so I think they knew. I think they really knew. I think they knew they weren't getting another shot at the silver screen.
2: And That's the right. other thing is this is essentially outside of epilogue. Return of the Joker is essentially the series finale even though it was produced in between season 2 and season 3 because let's face it, Unmasked is the worst series finale ever. <laughs> I mean, it isn't it isn't even a series finale. Essentially epilogue was the series finale. I figured but, they got
3: canceled after Unmasked. It's the only reason I could think that they would make that episode. They and unmasked, didn't never actually, last
2: unmasked never actually aired. It, it didn't. was an unaired episode.
3: Oh, wow. See, yeah. I had to download most of the series because I, when Batman Beyond came out, I was living in the States, and when we moved back to Canada, it hadn't come up here yet, so I had to download it all later on.
2: Yeah. All right, we can move on to Epilogue if you want, Ben.
0: Okay, Epilogue... I really didn't like Epilogue too much. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. I think it tried to tie too much of everything into a neat and tidy package. Because Epilogue was originally meant to be the final episode of anything in the DC animated universe. Right. And basically it it tries to tie everything to the Batman Beyond universe by saying, Oh wait, Terry is Bruce's son. And I don't like it. I I think the fact that they try to tie it too neatly like that is... If you try to tie a bow too neatly... It it becomes too tight, and that's the case here. It's uh, because the one thing is, I always like Batman Beyond as a possible future, a potential future. This is what the future could be, but the fact that they basically said, "Yep, that's the future," you know, uh, you know, uh, wipe our hands, uh, dust them off. Okay, it's done. It, it just felt too pat. It felt like, oh, so everything is now set on on a direct path now. You know, any new episodes that they could ever possibly possibly do would lead, you know, inadvertently would still lead up to all these horrible events to happen to these characters. We already know what's going to happen to them. And I know the journey is more important than the destination, but still. It, it just felt very nihilistic, and I didn't like that.
2: You know, the funny I... thing the funny thing with Epilogue, really quickly, is that it came at the end of Justice League Season four. Uh, was it season four? I, I don't know. It came at the end of Justice League Unlimited before they had the fifth season where they, you know, did all the team ups and everything else. Uh, and they said, okay, well, we're not going to be getting picked up again. So this is our our send off to season
0: the, one. It was the season one of Justice League Unlimited.
2: Justice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice League Unlimited season one. We're not going to get picked up, you know, again. So this is pretty much it. Um, in that context I don't mind it, but in the context of essentially when I watch the DCAU, I watch all of Justice League up to um um Destroyer, and then I watch Epilogue after Destroyer because essentially this should fit at the very end, not the end of season one.
0: And you know, like I said, I just really have an issue thematically with the idea that you're basically saying that that. For for Terry to be worthy of the mantle, he has to be Bruce's child, and I dislike that. It seems it seems too pat. I, I like the idea that there is a new Batman who is in no way related to Bruce Wayne. That he makes a choice, and he his life story isn't exactly the same. Then all of a sudden, to find out that oh wait, they try to engineer it to be exactly the same. It feels very it feels very, con, it feels very uh, contrived. It feels very here's his box. We're gonna make it fit in this box.
1: And it kind of seems pointless because there's nothing about Bruce Wayne's genetics that necessitates that he would be Batman.
0: Exactly, and you know the whole thing is—is this whole this whole uh, high school? They could have done
3: this. They could have done the story and left out the whole genetic part.
0: That would have been a lot better. But one thing we're like, hey, maybe
3: they did pick Terry. Like as originally, they picked Terry to be. Like this, matching psychological profile. They're gonna kill his kids or something. Like that. kill kills Well, well, sorry. the thing is this: it, it's That'd invalidated.
0: Be it's invalidated because of one thing. Terry, when his father died, was not the age Bruce Wayne was when his parents died. You know who was the age of Bruce Wayne's when Bruce same age Bruce Wayne's was Matt. Yeah, Matt was. So does that mean Bat Matt would actually be a better Batman? No, Maybe. but but see the thing is though when
2: through telling of the story of epilogue as waller is telling it back matt hadn't even
3: been born yet
0: when so that should invalidate it right there that's the thing the whole idea of epilogue batman
3: has two illegitimate children at this
0: point well the whole point of epilogue was it was basically them recycling bits of stories from another batman beyond anime movie they were going to do but never did and mike you know about this right um, no, I don't think oh, so. Oh, boy, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Oh, Lord. Okay. Uh,
2: hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you get to that, the one thing I will say I absolutely loved about Epilogue was the off-again, on-again on thing with Terry and Dana for the last 15 years and the fact that she did eventually find out his secret. and I did like that part.
0: Well, one thing I got to tell you, though, is, uh, is uh, this epilogue actually invalidates invalidates uh, uh, Batman Beyond from being the actual future because the next season, season two of Unlimited, invalidates it. Right. Because in the the Batman Beyond future, in epilogue, you see a scene of, of Terry as Batman fighting Parasite with the JLU. Right. In in uh, the next season, the episode, uh, the episode, I believe it was, uh, let me check, double check just to be sure, the episode alive, yeah. Parasite is killed, yeah. By But uh...
3: once again, it's DC, and is anyone? Well, I'm dead? just
0: I'm just saying that they showed it on screen, and they actually do these things on purpose. So, so uh, let me tell you about the unmade Batman Beyond animated movie.
2: Is there a link to? Is there a link to this to be cited or anything? Yeah, I,
3: at, I, I want yeah, that one because I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to need, need some it. citation
2: on this. Okay. Because I have never heard about this. I've heard that, you know, I, I, I've heard of Justice League worlds collide, which eventually became Crisis on Two Earths, but I have never heard of a, a second Batman Beyond movie.
0: Well, it all came from a conversation I had with somebody, and I I will find you the citation later, but it does oh, exist. Okay. It has been cited. It has been cited before. Basically, this is this tells what happened to Catwoman, Selina Kyle. And basically, the whole idea is, cat okay. Uh, show of hands, who, how many people here have read or or seen Boys from Brazil, or know what that is? No clue. Nope. Neil?
3: Nope. Sounds like a porno.
0: It's not. Uh, Boys from Brazil was a was a novel written, and also later a movie about uh, about a whole bunch of uh, about a Nazi uh, scientist that lives in Brazil that decides that they will. Remake Hitler, so to do that, they get a whole bunch of uh, German families that have histories similar to Hitler's family, and they cloned Hitler's DNA and, and you know impregnated these women with it, and decided to, you know, along the, these children's paths, insert different um, events that happened in Hitler's own youth to try to create a new Hitler. And the Unmade Batman Beyond movie is pretty much Selena Kyle doing that. To make a, make a new Batman,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And like I said, Epilogue is based off of a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised, Mike. You never knew about this.
2: Uh, yeah, no. Um... <laughs> and I'm glad I actually didn't know about it.
0: <laughs> uh, actually, the the writers nicknamed the proposal "Batman from Brazil." but uh but uh, yeah this this actually was it didn't get too far in planning stages but it was proposed so okay. so it it really was and like i said it was the basic plot elements repurposed for epilog and you know the whole point was the selena kyle treatment of the story showed a lot more thought in what it takes to make someone else who is a near duplicate of an existing person is you have to duplicate a lot of events in their childhood not just one event but many events and that was the idea and versus just uh oh we're just going to make kill his parents horribly because lots of people's parents are killed horribly
3: well they never they never said that would be the end of it when she said uh you know you'd be on the road to becoming batman it didn't she, you know, <laughs> it could have been followed up with the conversation <laughs> of, and then
2: and and then the whole thing that Ben has not brought up yet is the fact that number one it was andrea it was it was phantasm that that Waller hired, and phantasm did not go through with it because they said you know people say Batman is crazy, and that's that's kind of why and of course, later on, as we know, his dad would end up dead anyway but it's just one of those things that i like epilog for what it is i see it as a closure to batman beyond and i see destroyer a closure to justice league unlimited
0: so i um, just think the making terry and bruce related to each other as unnecessary yeah I and i i that's the one thing i have to say i think it was i think it was thrown on there to just uh, legitimize uh, T- terry's inheritance of the mantle i, I mean it, I think that's what it was, and that—that's my—that's my take on it. Uh, Neil, you've been
1: silent. I've just been listening. Uh, yeah, I don't—I don't really follow the whole genetic idea at all because it's, again, it's—it's it's not like Superman where you know duplicating his DNA would actually be uh, give you powers. Yeah, it would actually be necessary to creating a new Superman. No, Batman is just Batman. It's—it's it's entirely a psychological character. Exactly. It's pretty much. He's pretty much the only hero on the J on the Justice League, which is just who's just a human. And crazy. Yeah, and crazy. So
2: Since we are talking about crossovers really quickly, I, I, I do have to bring up Zeta. No, not even. That show <laughs> sucks. Um, <laughs> once in Future thing. I have to bring that up simply for Bruce Wayne, Batman. Batman, Bruce Wayne, or have you met? Not now. What was, oh, what was it called? they used to call it? Stereo? Stereo. <laughs> I love that line.
3: Um, and I feel like that episode also said that it's only a possible future because... Right. It is time really, was in flux. I, never ha- I don't have any memory of ever traveling to the Yeah,
2: exactly. But. Exactly. Um, I, in my narrow-mindedness, I see for the DC animated universe, I see this as the definitive future. Um, I see
0: it as a possible future.
2: I don't. Th- the reason why I see it as a definitive future, and I know Bruce Timm has 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 said in the past that this, this is only a possible to him, and that's fine. He's the creator, and what he says essentially goes. For me, I view it as a, you know, this is what the future of the DC animated universe would be, because let's face it, Bruce Timm's not going back to DCAU anytime soon. And I, I think it's
0: good to let it rest.
2: Well, right, exactly. I mean he finally, and this is kind of off topic, he finally was able to go back to his own style, even though it's all CGI'd up in Greenlander and the Animated Series, but um <clears throat> essentially Epilogue and Destroyer both put a period on the DCAU, and I don't see them as a whole as as bad punctuations on what was a great Series of cartoons, minus Zeta Projects. Minus Zeta Project, Gotham Girls, and Lobo. They really couldn't get Brad Garrett back to do Lobo,
0: seriously? <laughs> oh, Raymond, Raymond, Raymond. But, uh, but you know what? Putting a period on something doesn't make it good. I mean, you put a period on a maxi pad, that doesn't make it good.
1: Ah, uh, God.
3: Yeah, that was kind of a... Lame. bad joke there oh. I, I, you know what though I, I, batman beyond does have one thing that i think was very bizarre that i did was uh it ended like a decade before they ever did this but no it was almost a decade uh where dc comics actually put out batman beyond as a uh, possible future to the current batman comics.
0: are you talking about that shitty episode of superman batman no,
3: uh, were, were they, so, yes you so, are. No, so I'm talking it's about actual comic book series. Books. They put out, yeah, they put out uh, like I think it was a six miniseries, six issue miniseries. Yeah, of, they did, they did uh, that when the, com- the well, hush, that. like Hush in the Future or something like that. It was weird. They
0: did that the comic back in the they, they had the Batman Beyond comic back, Batman Beyond Adventures. Yeah, but Batman. that was
3: based on the animated series. This one was based on the comic book leading into. They're okay. Kind of like how Mister Freeze transferred over to the comic book the storyline. Right. They and they they transferred Batman Beyond into the current. I know, movie. and that's, Not current, I but saw but
0: that movies. comic. that That comic was was an Ed McGinnis, uh, was an Ed McGinnis comic that was Batman, Superman, Batman that was after Public Enemies and after Apocalypse. That was the first appearance of of the Batman Beyond suit. It was not a very good comic, because it was written by uh, Jeff Loeb, and it basically it oh. has Bizarro Superman showing up in the future, and and Batman Beyond has to stop him, and it was not a very good comic, because you want to know why?
3: Um, we're not talking about the same comic here. I'm talking we're about not. the
0: first appearance.
3: Oh, you can talk about the first appearance, I'm talking about the six-issue miniseries they did.
2: Alright, the six-issue miniseries, here, here's the link, people. The six-issue miniseries was a limited run in March 1999. Um,
3: wasn't 90, this is was recent?
2: Right there was what? right exactly. There was a new series, a new mini series, uh, 2010 six issue series as well. Uh, the series continuation of the DC Animated Universe television series, Batman Beyond. The comic series is penned by Emmy Award nominated writer Adam Beechin, with art by Ryan Benjamin. Beecham stated his comic book arc will open the door for legendary DCAU to enter the mainstream DC Universe comics, tying both continuities. The story features Terry McGinnis, the future Batman, now a seasoned hero, and his mentor Bruce Wayne, the former Batman, dealing with their, their straining relationship over the demands of the role of Batman as a new killer emerges with ties to the original Dark Knight's past. So there were two Batman Beyond comic series, one in '99 and one in 2010.
0: Yes, but like I said, the first appearance of the the suit was actually in Superman Batman Annual number four. Pardon me, it was not which was not really that great. It, I mean, there was this this was a this was a terrible story because the writer himself didn't know it was Terry McGinnis in the suit. He thought it was Tim Drake.
1: Oh God! <laughs> oh jeez, how could you make that mistake?
0: Well, it, it was Jeff Loeb.
1: Oh okay.
2: <laughs> wait! 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 Batman Beyond Unlimited 2012. The Beyond universe will return as two series of biweekly digital issues, which will be published together monthly as Batman Beyond Unlimited ongoing, 48 pages comic book. The monthly title will include both Batman Beyond and Justice League Beyond.
0: You know what the funny thing is? Them doing it as an online book actually mirrors something that Marvel did with another possible future story. But see, here's the thing. Let me just finish my right. thought. Right. Because this this is something that Neil would actually enjoy. Neil? Yeah? If I say Mayday, what do you think?
1: Mayday. Um,
0: uh, oh, this is going to be good. I think, is... I,
3: think May oh, Parker, oh. I think May Parker Yes, uh, yes, May yes. Parker the Jr. Spider-Girl
0: series became a digital-only book a couple years ago. Be- and the whole idea of Spider-Girl was that was a possible Marvel future. And... You know, it was ex- the
3: M2 universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, well, the whole M2 universe failed except for Spider-Girl, which was the fan favorite. <laughs> and it's the exact same thing. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. The only thing that, that Marvel ever did that was good, it's very similar to a DC property.
2: I would lo- I've said this very, very often. I would love for Bruce, Tim, and all those guys to go back and tell the stories of what would have happened after Destroyer leading up to epilogue in animated form. Because in Destroyer, yes, it is a Justice League Unlimited episode, but they say, you know, the fight continues and they all run off and everything else. So you could have a cartoon series between the end of Justice League Unlimited leading up to
3: epilogue.
0: I disagree. Justice League epithet. I, don't, I I. really don't want them to do any more with that because I think the fact that the the fans' minds can create that is, is the most beautiful thing about it. There there are no more issues. There are no more comics that are just keep on coming out and filling in too many of the blanks. Oh, they comics. told a very it, satisfying it, universe for ten years, and they left us something great. They did. The only uh, way I, they can mess it up is by adding to it or, or <laughs> as as we call it, George lucas sing it.
1: Oh Oh, Lord.
0: (sighs) And I'm very passionate about that because I think they have a very good thing right now, and it's very good right now. More additions would just cause problems. So let's just let's just leave it alone and let it be what it is.
2: Um, all right so Richard final thoughts on Batman Beyond as far as the series and the movies and crossovers go
3: I honestly I prefer uh Batman Beyond over Batman Animated Series uh, just cuz I think I have better memories I have better memories of it um you know it's crossovers uh, they are what they are but the show as it is is if you want to pick up a season of anything on DCAU for DCAU like series on DVD this mm-hmm. is the one to grab
0: I'm um, I'm gonna have to slightly disagree. I think it is motherfucker. Worth pick-
3: those are my final thoughts. I just said them. Now say your final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fine, fine,
0: oh, oh. fine, fine. So I I I I think with my final thoughts is I think that this is a good series. It is worth picking up. But if you had to pick just one Bruce Tim DCAU series, I would actually pick Batman TAS over Batman Beyond. That that's just my feelings. But it's still worth picking up. Batman beyond is still worth picking up and it's still worth owning. Yeah.
1: Neil. Well, it's just so different from the rest of the DCAU because it's almost all original characters, you know, aside from obviously Bruce Wayne and a couple other characters. Uh so if you're just looking for something that's not the not the norm, not the same Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman stuff. Yeah. Although I don't know why you wouldn't want to be watching Wonder Woman, but uh if you want something that's different, you you pick up this because it's just it's just a totally fresh take on everything.
2: I am a DCAU completionist. So I would say pick up everything that matters, which is BTAS beyond Superman and justice league on DVD. Um, I think Batman beyond told a brand new story while still holding true to the continuity that they had already established in the DCAU. And it's something that will live on forever. In in infamy as a fairly you know good decent cartoon that was well thought out. I mean this thing won awards. I mean the shriek episode that you guys said you loved and I love it too. That won an award for sound. So I mean you know when Batman cartoons can win awards, they're good.
0: Well, as as uh, Matt Groening pointed out, most animation uh, accolades are not one hundred percent taken as as fact, but. Yes, uh, Batman Beyond does a w- deserve the accolades of God. But uh, let's Exa- wrap
2: Exactly. There are some things that do deserve them. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but uh, let's wrap this up. I am your host, Ben. With TV's Mr. Neil.
2: I am TF on Mike from the GeekCaster Radio Network.
3: And I'm Richard. Why the hell am I here?
0: All right. We're saying goodnight.
1: Goodbye.
2: And we're also saying go over to Legends of the Dark Knight, where we are going to be going in depth with every Batman episode from TAS all the way through to beyond.
0: Oh, actually, I just got the recording right before you said that, Mike.
2: That's okay. I've got my own copy. I've got an (laughs) hour and 27 minutes I've been recording, so I can send it to Neil.